The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Time to play with pain, where sports and inaccuracy collide. Now, here's your host, veteran sportscaster, and the voice of the International Speed Fishing Championships, Jet Waterhouse. Ah, brother! Hello again, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Chet Waterhouse. Man, oh man, oh man. Got a fastball down the hatch for you today. The great Larry Miller joining us. But first, let me thank the folks that actually sponsor this uh, podcast for real. True Car, for all your uh, car buying needs, new and used, go to True Car. And betonline.ag, if you're looking for a place to make your online wagers, head to betonline.ag and use promo code PODCAST1 to receive a 50% sign-up bonus today. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, before we get to Larry Miller, time for the Waterhouse Update, brought to you by Grampoline, the goose-down trampoline for retirees. Easy does it with Grampoline. Before we get to Larry Miller, it's time for the Waterhouse Update, brought to you by Cantankerail. Get cranky, drink Cantanky. It's got bite. South America's pastime, baseball. White Sox ceremonial first pitch. Sister Mary Jo Sobiak throws a breaking ball that caught Beelzebub looking. Sobiak then dropped down a perfect squeeze bunt for the Sox first run. She's from the little-known order of Bilvekian nuns. Sobiak promised that at the Chicago Bears home opener, she'd throw a Hail Mary. Mets beat Philly in the Little League Classic, and Nuts will be allowed to leave Little League and rejoin the NL East. And Houston smacks Oakland like a fat guy whacking a June bug headed for his moon pie. That baseball wrap-up brought to you by Gin Quoi, the arrogant French gin. You can't spell Gin quality without Gin Quoi. Golf! At the Portland Open, Kevin Stadler angrily slammed his club into the ground. The head flew off and nailed a fan in the skull good for six stitches. Fox Sports immediately announced a new show called Blood Golf. A Massachusetts golfer got his finger bitten off in an argument. Let me guess, it was the forefinger. Man, those golf clubs are no protection at all. Truth is, golf is all in the hips anyway. Your fingers just get you in trouble. The less fingers, the better. Pretty sure that's a Jack Nicklaus quote. Those unbelievable golf stories brought to you by Zointment, the only low-end salve with zucchini oil. NFL, the new helmet rules about as clear as the medical regulations surrounding oversized butt implants. Vikings' Trey Waynes literally had to talk a receiver to the turf, while Richard Sherman was flagged for aggressively unsnapping his chin strap. Meanwhile, Chiefs' Patrick Mahomes threw a TD 70 yards in the air and now must pay a fine to the FAA for failing to file a flight plan. Wrestling former MMA champ Ronda Rousey won her first WWE match and thanked everyone except the scriptwriters. Bad oversight. And finally, this week in sports history, the year 2000. Tiger Woods 
won the PGA Championship over unheralded Bob May. Back then, no one thought twice when Tiger said to May, thanks for the dinner invite, Bob, but I'm just going to grab a little something at Applebee's. That Waterhouse Update brought to you by Chunky's Wide and High Clothing Stores. If a doorway blocks you both ways, come to Chunky's. Now it's talk time. My guest today, comedian, actor, podcast host, author, putting his life in danger nowadays with his blatant literacy, Larry Miller. Larry, how are you? Hi. I just, uh, well... Thank God my blatant literacy is in check today. <laughs> yes, it better be on this podcast. <laughs> you better be ready to sling it whether you've got facts behind you or not. Now, listen, uh, uh, everybody knows you. They know your face. They know your comedy. you got a resume as long as a ZZ Top beard. Pretty woman. Desperate housewife. Sandville, Boston, Eagle. But this stat jumped out at me, Larry Miller. Burn notice. That's right, it, which was a great thing to do. Oh, boy. Do you remember Burn Notice? Sure I do. First of all, it was shot in Florida. And, and who doesn't want to get a weekend down in Florida? I don't know about you or anyone <laughs> listening out there, but the truth is when you get off a plane, when you're on the road, if you're in show business, I've got news for you. Florida's a great place to get off because you know you're going to be in a really nice hotel and you're doing a show. It's a big hit show, Burn Notice. Yeah. And I knew the people on the director there. So you had it all school. Plus, you know, the good thing about Florida, there's a lot of uh, uh, speed bumps in Florida. That's what I would say. But uh, one of the great things is your hotel, you know the air conditioning is going to work because they have a lot of practice at it. They do. I worked in uh, New Orleans for two months once on the uh, movie. Uh, Hold on a second. If you're in the thing, you ought to know the name. Hold on a second. Well, I like the name. Hold on a second. <laughs> Let's write that. It might get have been that. Out that. There. Well, uh, uh, oh, who oh, is in it? I might be able to help. Hold your horses. My producer Gary, the stat uh, man oh, back there. Uh, the, the blues, undercover blues, undercover blues. Sure. And uh, with uh, Dennis Quaid and yeah. Kathleen Turner. Right. And uh, it's one of those movies, by the way, for whatever it's worth, had the greatest title on the script, which was. Uh, it's it, it's just funny because it's a cloak and diaper, coke and diaper. That which was the is, name of the movie on the script. That's right. Which I thought was, <laughs> hey, you know what? That's a pretty good title. That's that's it's catchy, f- funny, and it's and people know the phrase. Yeah. It's not cloak and diaper. Cloak and diaper, and it tells you what it's about. There isn't any Martians can land and say, so they're spies with a baby. Yes. <laughs> That's right. They, they, they branded it right in the title, yeah. and then it went away. <laughs> it went through the ringer, that Hollywood ringer you guys have to deal with where there's a – And you, you yeah. know something, though, though that uh, they used so much air conditioning. It was the whole summer in New Orleans or New Orleans. Yeah. And you know what? They used so much air conditioning. I never turned it on – in the hotel room once. Because the, the hallway was so cold. And just yes. opening the door yeah. to get picked up for the day's work. Just opening the door yeah. made it so cold in the room, wow. I wore my winter coat for two months. Good Lord! And I'm not that crazy. And I mean, that's how crazy air conditioning can be when people really go too far with it. The anchorage effect. <laughs> Open that door and go, no, nah, I'm not going out today. I went to get a shirt in the mall, and it was seriously so cold in the mall, I, I couldn't even try things on. I, you jerk when you walk in. You, yeah. <gasps> and it, because it's that freezing. Everyone you pass thinks you're sexually attracted to them. 
because your nipples are erect. That tip brought to you by Bananas, the banana guaranteed to ripen tomorrow. So now, Larry, <laughs> Burn noticed you played Harvey Gunderson. I love that name. I love the names they give. I was watching a uh, rerun of um, of a Doris Day television show. They had an actor named Paul Smith playing the character Ron Harvey. And I, I just thought, why bother? At that point, yeah. <laughs> no effort went into that. <laughs> Both if the actual people named that, they don't care anyway. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> they do not care. So Harvey Gunderson was your role in Burn Notice. That made me uh, laugh. I Would... love movie names and TV names. I yeah. S- seriously do because if you don't, I always, when I write things, I always use names from guys I knew in college and high school. Yeah, that's the best way to go. Real names yeah. because they sound real. They feel yes. real. If you make up names, they all come out like Dave Wilson. Yeah. And it just <laughs> screams right. that you made it up 10 minutes ago. They try to stretch Tom Patterson. Yeah. They try to go with the Patterson. That's the inventiveness there. Long Island, born and bred, who's your teams? And do you resent having to root for them? Oh, no. I love it. Who's your teams? Mets? No. You're Yankees. Jets, Yankees. Jets, Jets, Yankees. That's a rare crossover. Mostly it's Yankees, Giants, Mets, Jets. I know. I've heard that for years. And I always also... You could be in the Me Too movement just based on that crossover. (laughs) That's impressive. That's that's been a crazy dream. But yeah, I'd like to join that group. (laughs) Jets, Yankees. Yeah, always. And uh, you know what? Uh, And I always also root for... Sure, if the Giants are in something, if the Mets are in something, come on. I mean, that's your home area. So you're a New York guy. Yes, and but I'm I'm a Yankee and uh, and Jets fan. So is Sam Darnold going to do it for the Jets? They I got this kid. He's looking good. You know what? I hate to drop an actual sports question in this early in the podcast, but damn it, that's right. All it your, begged for it. All your fans are just tip that <laughs> pen against the tongue. They're writing a letter already. Dear uh, Chet, I, I'm I'm outraged. <laughs> there was an actual fact. I say good day to you. <laughs> you, you know what, though? Sure, I, th- I, th- I think he could. I think that when you like a team, as everyone out there knows, when you're a fan of a team, you don't get that strung on wh- who they – I'm so I get sad when they, when they fire guys or trade guys yeah. who should stay there. And you want to say you – What's wrong with your life that you had to ruin that guy and yeah. his participation with this team, both of which I love? Yeah. And you know what? They don't They don't care. They love No, they don't call Larry Miller before they make a deal, do they? No, they don't. They just go, what's the bottom line? And, by and then the- they screw that up. That's if, they, if, if you could see the bottom line working, <laughs> especially on the Jets, if you could go, I get it. They're building towards something. Towards something. Yeah, no, this is just one of those – uh, ramshackle add-on ranches out in the county where the guy who building it just uh, drove by an old construction site and said, hey, there's a couple of tubes and some plywood. I think I could add a chicken shack off the corner of my <laughs> den. And they just keep adding things sideways, the Jets. But now maybe they got some. Maybe they do. And you know what? I used to – they used to call. I used to think they would call to ask. They used to call. They used to call. Yeah. I used to say to the <laughs> – my kids, you know, that... Uh, Hang on, it's the Jets on the phone. Or I'm getting in the shower. If the Jets call, 
<laughs> Get me out of the shower. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's worth it. Don't be shy. Now, oh, man. That anecdote brought to you by Throwbacks, the e-cigarettes you light with a match. Uh, what'd you play? What'd you play in high school? You played some sports. You look like a, uh, you look like a fullback to me. Well, I was on the soccer team. You were on the soccer team? Yeah. Ooh. And, uh, that's dangerous. <laughs> we had a great soccer team, and I played baseball. I loved it. And you play know, baseball? What'd you play baseball? In, uh, in what'd you I, play? I I started out as a catcher. I was one of the only left-handed catchers Long Island had ever seen. Wow, and that's tough. Although, man, snap throw to third base, right in your wheelhouse. <laughs> Zip right past the guy's ass. Bam, pick a guy off. Which happened exactly zero times. <laughs> well, you know that's because they feared it. <laughs> so they never let you do it. <laughs> but I was also a first baseman and. Uh, I just love those sports. And you know what? When you, put, you love soccer, you love baseball. Yeah. And when you put your stuff on, there's nothing like that. There's no better feeling than getting on a big yellow bus and getting, you know, going to a, well, you're going in for an away game. It's wonderful. You're all dressed up with your spikes and your your cup and everything. And, and, and vague and, sense of man mildew. <laughs> Wow, you, you kind of ruined all that. <laughs> no, I think it builds on it. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm creeped out. <laughs> no, no, it's great. Then you get off the bus and you go, "Let's play two. Let's play two today." I could see you as a catcher. You have a uh, you have an ability to. Uh, first of all, I could see you flashing signs. I could see that happen a little too. The dice throwing the two towards the left. That means the slurve. And down and break it in, break it in on the left hander, and then uh, the here. But here's where uh, the Larry Miller uh, effect uh, comes into play: is when you have to glare down uh, your own pitcher, and that 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 uh, that mask goes up, and you just look him in the eye for about eight seconds, and then you throw the ball back. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's a good move. That's a good way to do it too. To say because then you want to say you're you're not out of it now. Don't give me the out-of-it look and, oh, just throw the ball back to me look because you kind of stink. <laughs> right. And you can, you can do all of that That's right. with a look. This is why uh, you're multi-talented. Uh, uh, you've done stand-up. you got great at stand-up. You've acted. You've uh, tremendous at acting. Uh, uh, you've, you've been behind the camera. You've done it all. And here's what I need to know, and here's what my listeners need to know. Rate your show business thrills. I'm not saying one, two, three, four, five. I'm just saying, like, like uh, all of, out of all of them, like uh, like your first Tonight Show with Johnny Carton. Big thrill. Oh, yeah. And in fact— I mean, that was back in the day when he ruled the roost. Absolutely. And, uh, in fact, there's a story behind that because I had uh, done— I'm happy s- about that. <laughs> <laughs> I had done— uh, let him in a couple of times there already. Sure. And the Murph Griffin show that we all loved so much, loved Merv, and and the John Davidson show and things like that. A couple of Mike Douglases thrown in there. Yep, exactly. Sure. Yeah. And uh, in fact, they that was the first show I did. Mike, I did a few Mike Douglas shows, and they were really nice. They used to say, "Stick around and make fun of the next guest," <laughs> which, as you remember, and everyone out there will remember, that was kind of what they. Wanted comedians to do. Yeah. So they brought that in. And the next guest out, I'll never forget, was a world-renowned chef. And he was going to make something up. And he had the whole white chef thing on and the straight chef hat, the one that went straight up. Straight up. And I'll never forget 
that I was there at the table on camera with Mike between Mike and the chef. And oh, uh, and Beautiful. Mike said to me at one point, uh, "So do you like what he's doing?" And I and I and I said, "Sadly, you know, his head is actually shaped like that." <laughs> and that's a skull cap. Now Mike laughed. I remember in the audience, in the studio audience, laughed, and that guy shot me a look because he didn't quite get the point. And I understand that. Yeah, he didn't understand why he. This is his segment on the show. Yeah, and why? Then why is the bald guy? Making fun of his head. Well, because he's got a job to do, which is bacon-wrapped scallops, and you have a job to do, which is make fun of his stupid hat. <laughs> People have jobs to do in this country, for God's sake. First movie <laughs> premiere. What was your first movie? Was it Pretty Woman? Was that, that was your was that your first movie out of the gate? No, uh, but there, there was another one. Boy, what a great movie, though. Pretty. I think Pretty Woman's going to be a, a great movie for a thousand years. I think so too. And uh, plays was, on everybody's fantasies. It's wonderful. I, I never know why people overanalyze things that are just good. Yeah, they're just what they are. And uh, Gary Marshall, God Alex. bless him. I loved him forever and still do. Yeah. And he, even though he's he's passed away, but uh, oh, it was wonderful. And uh, but I remember it's like Jack Morris. You know what you're getting on the mound. Yeah. You don't you don't bellyache about hey he can't nibble at the corners with the who cares. You're exactly right. Even though Throw it down the hatch, even though I have no idea who that is, yeah, you don't need my to know. job today is just to agree with you, yes, and say Jack the best. Listen to that conviction. <laughs> that's why Larry Miller is who he is. Uh, movie premiere. That's where we were. So I was in this movie, not th- not Three Amigos. It was with Nick Nolte and uh, Martin Short, and uh, I played one of the cops. This was the uh, in the police station because they were arrested, and I had one line in it. And it took like six auditions, by the way, to get it. But I was wow. thrilled. It was yeah, my absolutely. first thing. And so I had you, – you're all dressed up. You're, an, you're a cop and you're in a cop's uniform and everything with the gun and the hat and everything. And the line was – that's something like, that's him, the, the PBS job, you know, and that's it. And then there was a big fight scene and they escape. And I was so happy there because I'm in a movie Yeah, that they handed the movie over – for that scene to the stunt director, not the regular director, but they're going to have a big stunt director now and a big stunt scene as Nick Nolte starts a big escape fight. Right, sure. Accent on the word fight. Fight. And what they did was I'm standing there. I didn't want to leave the set right away because I'm in the movie. Sure. Yeah. I'm in a movie. Absolutely. And I didn't even notice that they – It's a cup of coffee in the bigs for God's sake. They – they t- tossed off all the other actor cops and brought on stuntmen, stunt cops. Yeah, brother. And I'm standing there still in the police station, and I'm blending in with these guys. So the director, who's Australian, comes along and looks at me and says, oh, all right, now we're going to uh, start with this man right here. Now uh, he points at me. And he said, now, Nick, you're going to uh, take the bag, uh, the bag that has the money in it or something. But there's no money in the bag. What they do to give it heft, because he's going to, you know, swing at it with the with the bag. He's going to use the bag as a weapon to start a big escape fight. And so he said, "Now you got Nick. You're going to uh, hit this man with the bag and uh, hit him in the head there with the bag." And these were his, his words. And he said, "Now then, uh, this man's going to uh, you to me." He's saying, "Now you can fall backwards over the bench, and and then all the other." All the other men fall on top of you. All right, now uh, let's. You get realize it. I'm a Jewish comedian, is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> so wait a minute. So get this. So Nick and they put books in the bag to wow. give it heft. 
That's like even even they don't even do that in prison. They go, ah, that's that's too cruel. You know what? Put soda cans. In they there. do in Hollywood. Oh, and they get and Nick, as you know, Nick Nolte's a great actor. Yeah, and uh, yeah, was fairly beefy guys, like a tight end. Oh, true. And so he, they said, all right, let's give it a try and action. And Nolte, because he's a great actor, takes that bag and swings it and hits me in the face with it, and I. Via the directions, fell over the bench. I wasn't acting here. I fell backwards. Uh, he hit me in the face with a bag of books, and I fell backwards. And all the other stuntmen fall on top of me. Uh, now, because it's the movie business, they help me up, and I, and I'm standing there, and all the makeup people, and all the everything people come running over, and I'm bleeding. Because he just hit me in the face sure. with a bag of books. Makes sense to me. And he, they wipe it off, and they're very nice. And and I said, "Holy mackerel! All right, now let's give another try in action." And uh, uh, now I'm and I'm the head. It's like the prow of a ship. The, everyone yeah. else is behind me in this scene. Yeah, the, there's a fulcrum on which this whole scene uh, gets spun. I'm like the the, the 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 prow of a ship where there's like a, a, a fancy woman there. Yeah, sure, carved and, wooden carved woman. Yeah. And uh, so he does again. Well, bang. bang! Yeah, sure. On the eleventh take. Oh, brother! Now I'm. By the way, I'm getting hit right, right sure. in the in the in the You're head. Getting pounded like Ernie Shaver's sparring partner. <laughs> He's getting hammered here. <laughs> now take another one. Ernie's got to work on his left cross. So here's get this. On the eleventh take, just before the eleventh take, one of the other stuntmen behind me comes up and says. Uh, I have to tell you, we you know all the fellows are talking. We we think you're great, and you're really doing this well. And we can hardly see you hold your hand up to block the bag. He says that, and I said, "Hold my hand up to block the bag." I didn't know any. I, I was just standing around because I'm in a movie. Hold my hand up to block the bag. I wasn't holding anything up to block the bag. And one more, and an action. Ah, bam! <laughs> Backwards over the bench. And the director, the stunt director, after we got this, stunt director comes over and calls me over to where he is, which is, you know, they have the video cameras and all the chairs for the director. He thought I was so good, he offered me a job. Wow. As one of his... Top number stunt one guy, stunt sure. guys. Sure. And I said to him, well, because he, he said, you know, good good technique. And I, and I said, there's no technique. technique. I'm not a stuntman. I was the enjoying hell? just being on the movie set. And I'm, I'm, I'm Chuck Weppner. What yeah. are you talking about technique? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I have a spot at the improv tonight. That's all I know. And... You remembered that. And I'm telling you. through the stars. I looked like Stallone at the end of any Rocky movie. And I mean, I was bleeding and swollen. and But that, hold your hand up to block the bag. That is great advice for life. Hold your hand up to block the bag. That should be on a handout they give you when you cross the county line and come to Los Angeles <laughs> to start a career. That advice brought to you by Mona Visa. Get an enigmatic passport picture everyone will talk about at Mona Visa. <laughs> Larry, listen to me. You came up with a, a, a class. We're gonna, we we got uh, some other stuff coming up, and we're going to talk about your projects and stuff. But um, 
you came up with maybe one of the greatest classes of comedians uh, ever. You had uh, Seinfeld and Paul Reiser and Bill Maher and that whole New York uh, wave uh, came out and just hit. Now, uh, did you ever think back then, back you're working uh, uh, Caroline's or you're working Catch in New York and you, you guys are just pounding the heavy bag. Did, did, there, did there ever come a moment where you looked at those guys and, and yourself and you went, yeah, I think we're all going to make it. <laughs> or were you just like kind of drunk and enthusiastic and drunk on power and fun and just driving through it that way? I had no idea what we were doing. And I mean, <laughs> I loved it. We weren't making any money. They didn't pay anybody in those days. And we were at the, the comic strip. And and the other clubs at Catch Rising Star and the Improv in New York. But we were comic strip acts and I had no idea. Sometimes you'd get beat up and uh, there used to be mob guys at Catch. And I mean, <laughs> no kidding around. I'm not yeah. using that as a as a slang no, 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 funny no. phrase. Yeah, that's I mean not a hashtag. Seinfeld that's a, that's was a on fact. Seinfeld was on stage once at Catch and there was uh, one of the guys I don't want to say his name, uh and uh, because He'll kill me. But, I mean, he was in the at the back, and they remember that wasn't a deep room. And he had two, now, two railroad car, and you were working the narrow end of this. Yeah. He had two uh, two dates, two women, one on either side. And uh, they were laughing and having fun and, and talking and howling and this. But not, they, they weren't listening to the show. This guy was this guy. And he terrified everyone each time he came in. And that's no kidding around. They were really scared. Because this guy was a, someone to be scared of. He was made. And he – but he was known as the toughest guy in the world. He made, made Luca Brazzi look like Pat Boone. And this guy <laughs> was was the thing. And Seinfeld's on stage and he – so because they're talking so much, he stopped performing. Uh, that is, he just stood oh, there. Brother. Yeah. And, and he – and those th – that guy – and it, they noticed it. And that guy just looked up at Seinfeld now, and after about 10 seconds of that, Seinfeld said, thank you. So anyway, and he goes back to his act. At that second, Rick Newman, who was the owner of Catch Rising Star, comes running over to me, and I mean running. Oh, yeah. He's like Switzerland uh, I'm trying not, to prevent World War II at this point. Not jogging, not fast-paced. Flies. Flies over, and he just says to me, get him off stage right now. Go out the back door right here. You don't tell him anything. Just get him off right now. And there was a door in the back right. that you could go with between buildings that had like yeah. a walkway. Sure. And it's the French underground. I just, just trying to get the hell out of there. Only not that safe. And I get up to Seinfeld. I just come up on stage and go, fast, come with me. Get out of here. And we did. The two of us went out the back door and between buildings, and that was the thing to do because if you didn't, you yeah. know what? That would yeah. be that. And so we did that and we ran back also to the comic strip and, you know, hung out there and he said, what happened? I told him what happened. And everyone knew, by the way, yeah. this was no joke. No. This no, wasn't no, made no, up. No. no. So it, had it not been for Rick Newman and you, we would not have had Seinfeld. The show, or well, the man, you, you or can, comedians and cars. He would be dead. He would be part of a pylon in the East River right now. There would be there would be a corner of a building, and it would be, it would be a very strong building. <laughs> Dedicated. <laughs> Dedicated to Bobby Kelton, who would have uh, taken over the show. 
<laughs> from Jerry. Listen, folks, it's a very exciting time in the gambling betting world. I know Larry bets every now and then, and it's a pleasure to announce that Bet Online is the exclusive partner with Podcast One Sportsnet. That's all our sports shows. These are our go-to guys, the guys we trust for all things betting, lines, odds, wagers, inside info, you name it. BetOnline.ag's got it. As football season right around the corner here, you're looking for a place to make your online wagers? Well, head to BetOnline.ag. Take advantage of the best bonuses in the business and use promo code PODCAST1 to receive a 50% sign-up bonus today. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Also, Get this, BetOnline's the only place to get in on all the action when it comes to MLB games. That's Major League Baseball, and it's starting to heat up, and it's starting to heat up nice. Larry's Yankees bucking, bucking for a wildcard spot. Sign up today at BetOnline.ag and use promo code PODCAST1 to receive a 50% bonus on your first deposit. That means you deposit the dough, bam, 50% increase when you put down wagers on Major League Baseball games. Yes, 50%. Take advantage of this incredible offer now at BetOnline.ag. That's BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Now listen, folks, I got one of the uh, greatest comedians and commentators of all time with me today. It's time for the Advice Corner, actual takeaway for my listeners from Larry Miller to you. Here's the questions. You've done a ton of road work in your career. as one of the greatest stand-ups who's working everywhere. What's your best packing tip? Do you have a tip for packing that people might not know that someone with your road experience could, could share? I do. And that is to not pack. And I, what I mean is the first time I worked on the road, the first one, five, ten times I worked on the road, yeah. I packed everything I had. I packed a different outfit for every meal. And if you're going to be away... <laughs> like you're on a 1930s cruise ship. Exactly right, except <laughs> it wasn't nice clothes, but I thought sure. that's what you do. Yeah. That if you're going to be away 10 days, you pack 15 pairs of underwear and three pairs of sneakers and just everything, and slacks and jeans and shirts for the show and for regular stuff for leaving the hotel or the the condo. Sure, you got to be ready. And you ready? And this dinner bag, with the queen might pop up. And guess what? I really thought that. And guess what? I packed. I carried that bag. This was a huge duffel bag. Yeah. I carried that on the plane, off the plane, did everything, and then finally, well, not finally, five or ten times I did this until it hit me. You know what? This is stupid. And <laughs> it was. It was so stupid. I didn't need that. No. no no comic needs that. So you pack like uh, one outfit for stage. Yeah. And then remember, there's a gap in every city in America. And <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And it's usually attached to a mall with even cheaper stores in it. Exactly So even right. if you're middling, you can go out and do this You trick. can go if you want anything. What do you need? Socks. Don't pack your socks. You don't need another dress shirt. They have them there. They have them there. And, and they're cheap. They they are. They're cheap. And you know what? I don't think I ever took one home with me. I would buy an outfit or two on the road and leave it in the hotel room. Pay it forward <laughs> with clothes. That's ridiculous. Here's another. All right. Now, in the same vein, best hotel room tip when you're checking into a hotel room or what do you need? What don't you like? What can you get away with? What's your best hotel room tip? Ask the guy at the desk, the clerk. At the desk there. Is this near the elevator? Please give me a room that's away from the elevator. 
because that's as you know and yes he knew that hey if you're a comic you know he knows that you're not getting to sleep at 10 at night <laughs> Right. And so you're going to no. be asleep at one, three, five in the morning. That's right. And you want to sleep. You're so on you... a cigarette speedboat at midnight in, your, in the correct outfit that you've packed. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what, though? And that always worked. I said, do me a favor. And do you have a room where you just got the best bed in America today? And it was just delivered today. Yeah, right. Your freshest I, mattress. I don't need anything else. You want extra soap? No, I'm fine with soap. <laughs> you know what, though? If you got a nice fresh mattress and one hotel room in Boston, I'll never forget. And uh, they said as I checked in, and uh, I I knew them and they knew me, and uh, they said, hey, you know what? This is uh, also we're going to put you on the ninth floor because it was just finished. We just had it rebuilt, repainted, nice. recarpeted, refurnished everything. And he was telling me that and I was only half listening, and then it hit me. Wait a minute. Come so it's brand new. I'm the first guy. He said, you're the first guy in this room. We're going to give you a nice room. And you know what, folks? Ask about that because if you're the first guy – it never dawned on me before. But, you know, normally you go to a hotel room, even a nice hotel, and it's been slept in by, well, a hundred other people you don't like. And (laughs) and they they sleep. They they shower. They brush their teeth. I'll stop there. But, I mean, they do things. (laughs) And to stay in a room, I called all the guys you know, another four or five comics, tell them, you know what? I'm in a brand-new hotel room in a nice hotel, but I'm the first one in here. And they got it the way you do. Sure. Ask ask Gary Busey. Uh, It's worth the paint fumes uh, to be in that new room. All right. Uh, That Advice Corner brought to you by Smirks, the lemony, sarcastic breath myth. Now, uh, before we get to... uh, Couple other things. Let me uh, let me tell you. Listen, uh, uh, Larry's a, Larry's a pro. He's got people who probably drive him around now. But these days, uh, news travels lightning fast, which is great if you're a sports fan. Between status updates, breaking news notifications, and Twitter feeds, you can always be up to the minute on every team and every game. Well, this is great for sports. You got uh, you got a little app on your phone, bingo, bango, bango. You can check everything. Uh, you know, it's 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 the opposite when it comes to buying a car. You, you go online, you're bombarded with numbers, invoices, list prices, dealer price. It's hard to know how to recognize a good price. Not anymore. Introducing True Price from True Car. It's the only price you need to know because it's exactly what you'll pay for the car you want, including fees and accessories. How do you know if your True Price is a great price? Because True Car shows you what other people paid for that same car that you want. So you know how to recognize a good price and your certified dealers know this so they set their true price competitively so they can win your business it all adds up for you so when you're ready to buy a new or used car visit true car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience some features not available in all states all right larry it's time for the fiery four Our sports headlines ripped from today's newspapers if people still bothered to read newspapers. Fire number one. You're a former soccer player. People have been trying to make soccer popular here. Uh, will they ever succeed? Can soccer ever overtake football? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. And I don't – I know that – we both know a couple of people who own soccer teams. They're very psyched about it and they love it. And – yeah, I, you know, I think it's a fine game, and uh, I certainly played it a lot. But the point is that I don't even care to watch. You, you go to a good taco place, 
and sit there and they'll always have a, a, a soccer game on. Yeah. I'm not watching it. I, I don't care. No, <laughs> it's, look, it's fantastic. It's Uruguay yeah, versus no, West yeah. Luxembourg. And you know what? No, I don't care. Now, it's, uh, it's like uh, – it's like improv. It's fun to do, not so much fun to watch. Fire number two. Can Johnny Manziel find happiness in the Canadian Football League? He's up there with the Montreal Alouettes. Is that the place for him? First of all, it has to be. <laughs> He's got nowhere else to go. That's right. <laughs> That's true. Everyone should know <laughs> CFL is a great league, and they play good football. They and do. They have great rules. And you know what? Yeah, when you see a guy like Mansell, you want to you want to say, so what exactly is wrong with you? <laughs> so you could, and they, they won't ask that question in Canada because they're too polite, <laughs> right? But I'm asking it now, and you yeah. would too of saying that you know what? So you couldn't leave the hotel for breakfast without what? <laughs> you gotta, yeah, gotta you stop to. at the strip club. But good bacon and eggs there. Fire number three. <laughs> Which gets your blood pumping more, the World Series or the Super Bowl? The World Series. World Series. Yeah. And uh, I like the Super Bowl. I don't get all the commercials. I never have. I never will. Yeah, yeah. I don't get that, well, let's see what happens this year with Budweiser. No, let's not. I don't care. (laughs) You know what? I don't care about – I don't care about – look about who the halftime show is. You know what? We should have marching bands again. Yeah. I've said this before. Get back to marching bands. I was in the marching band in high school. I loved it. And you know what? We were good. And marching bands on a football field at halftime is what you want. Yeah, trust us that Clydesdale adopts the family of ducks. And finally, fire number four. LeBron coming to the Lakers, but some Lakers fans defacing the billboards that LeBron is on. Have you heard about that? There's some Lakers fans not too happy, which uh, proves to me that uh, they have just as much latent hatred as any Rust Belt city, but uh, because it's Los Angeles, they aim it at themselves instead of the other team. <laughs> I don't understand that. Fair enough. That's that's not a bad idea. I have to I have to think about that too. Yeah, there's something there. I don't I don't get why they're defacing. They put themselves them. down. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> I don't even know what defacing the billboard means. At this point, don't don't get a ladder up there. You know how stupid do you have <laughs> how to much be? Work? <laughs> LeBron yeah. James, in case anyone hasn't noticed, is a very good basketball player. <laughs> if you haven't seen. In case you hadn't run into this information, he's terrific. So let him be here in Los Angeles, and you know what? I bet you he'll throw a couple of good ones in. I think he will. That Fiery Four brought to you by Kaleidoscope Eye Drops. Don't just get the red out. Enter a magical world. All right, everybody, listen to me. Where's it? Oh, we did that one. That one comes later. Uh, now, hey, uh, it's time for Pop Quiz. If you get, if you have two, three questions for me, we uh, we save a corner of the show. They can be quick. They can be trivia-based. They got a fact thing, and I will generally uh, fold. I'm one for 29 now. I think I've, I've won twice in 29 shots at the Pop Quiz. Wow. So if you've got three questions, so that there's a rubber question in case I get one right. Oh, fair they could be movies. They could be your movies. They could be anything you want. Oh, all right. Well, let's see. What's uh, what's the name of my next movie coming out? Oh, brother. <laughs> I'm behind the I'll tell you it's been that. a while since I, uh, since I read the trades. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, though? No, here's a, here's a good uh, baseball question. And all right, I'm ready. By the way. What is the name of your next movie coming out? It's called... The man who killed Hitler and then the Bigfoot. Wow. And uh, it's not a comedy, by the way. It's starring Sam Elliott and me. Wow. And it's written and directed by Bob Kruskowski. And uh, 
I think it's going to be a great movie. I think it's going to be out in a couple of months. And I told well, you're him, in fine company there. Sam Elliott's a top he's quality. He's wonderful. a great guy. And a great guy. And I told the director, by the way, because <laughs> the man who killed Hitler and then the Bigfoot, that's a great, great title. And I said, that should be in every interview you do when the movie comes out. And he said, why? And I said, because everyone's going to ask you, what's the movie about? And you could just say, have you seen the title? <laughs> exactly. Because that's what it's about. I think it's going to be terrific. At any rate, though, here's a good question for you. Yes. Uh, who, and you just asked me this before the show. I didn't prepare anything. No, neither did I. That's clear. <laughs> <laughs> this one popped into my head, though. Who did Roger Maris hit his 61st Ooh. home run off of? Uh, Roger Maris hit his 61st home run off of... Uh, uh, I'm going to go um, Hoyt Wilhelm. Good guess, but not right. Tracy Stellar. Oh, yeah. Son of a gun. And uh, But that's just a good moment. And I saw on the internet today, I saw another picture of Roger Maris. And I, God bless him, I love the guy. I always did. And he looks like a real good, calm family man. Yeah. And which was not the normal category for Yankees in the no. 50s. No, you're, you're up against some party people. That's back when they took a train and you could drink for three days without anybody on the press giving you a hard time. Oh, you got a second question? I'm 0 for 1. Sure. All okay. right. Yes. Uh, and I'm just I'm just looking for... Larry's winging these, incidentally. Yeah. This is how good he is. And that's, He's that... pretending and prepared a pop quiz, and I'm convinced. Okay, let's that's see. That's a fine actor. Name one of the uh, great running backs from Joe Namath's Jet Days. Oh, Matt Snell. I like him. Yeah, that's was, good. Is that good? Yes, that's right. Yeah, so I'm one for one. You got a, you got a, you got he a rubber. Was great. Yeah, no, I loved Matt Snell. A rubber, rubber, rubber question. One more, and that allow. Oh boy, Gary, I could win this one. There, there's a chance here. If uh, Larry digs in the right uh, little cobwebbed corner of his brain for this question, I might actually pull this one out. One and one. Here's the rubber question. Larry Miller's pop quiz on the New York Rangers. Oh, brother. This is trouble. <laughs> Go for it. On the days of Rod Gilbert. Rod Gilbert, sure. Did he wear a helmet or not? No. Right. Good answer. Wow. Two and one. I won the pop quiz. Oh, and here's here's the reason. Uh, the other guy, most guys in hockey didn't wear a helmet um, because uh, uh, they were just tough guys. Yep. And it was it was a question of manhood. Rod Gilbert didn't wear a helmet so he could get more chicks after the after the hockey game. And he did very well on everything. In ho- <laughs> he did. He was an all-star across women. the board. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was Hall of Fame across the board. Hi, right, Larry Miller, my, uh, my friend. Hey, listen, that, uh, incidentally, that fiery four. Uh, no, wait, that pop quiz brought to you by, uh, oh, who should, uh, you know who brought uh, the pop quiz to us today, Larry? Unpotable water. The thirstier you are, the more potable it gets. <laughs> All right, my thanks to the extraordinary uh, cleanup hitter I had today, Larry Miller, just blasting dingers into the bleachers all show long. Follow Larry on Twitter, at Larry J. Miller. Catch his amazing podcast, the Larry Miller Show podcast. Buy his book, Spoiled Rotten America. Go to his new movie, uh, The Man Who Killed Hitler and Then Bigfoot. Yes. Something like that with the, with the great Sam Elliott. Anything else to plug? What else you got coming up? Yes, there's a movie also directed by Pete Siegel, and it's called... Oh, Pete Siegel's hilarious. Very he's, funny man. He's great. Got to get him on the podcast. And you know what? Uh, this movie stars Jennifer Lopez, and uh, oh, it's got a great cast in Treat Williams. And me. And you know what? It's Fantastic. called Second Act. 
I love it. Second act. So, so listen, start saving your pennies now because movies are about 36 bucks each. And then you got to pay the babysitter and then you got to chase your valet down because you got the wrong car. It's a hell of a night, but it's worth the effort to go see Larry Miller in these movies. So, uh, again, thank you so much, Larry. Follow me on Twitter at Chet Waterhouse and follow my comedian buddy uh, at Real Jeff Cesario. Buy my book. Oh, no, wait a second. I got to write one first. So, uh, that's not going to work. Uh, <laughs> and listen, uh, uh uh, before we get out of here, football's back. You know that. Catch up on uh, – listen to me. Catch up on everything football with some of the best podcasts here on the Podcast One Sportsnet. Join Coach Jim Harbaugh from Michigan each Tuesday with his father, Jack, and others as they talk college football. Man, that's a beautiful thing. It's, it's, it's called Attack Each Day, the Harbaugh's podcast, and it's worth it. Then get all your betting news from R.J. Bell on his show, Dream Preview. This guy, and he breaks it down in terms you can understand. Each week he covers all the college and pro matchups, so, so go to R.J. Bell's show. All of it here on the Podcast One Sportsnet or wherever you listen to your podcast. So uh, thanks for tuning in, folks, because without you, I'm just yelling loudly in my apartment, and that's not that entertaining. If you want more of me this weekend, I'll be in Silicon Valley with my buddies Taft Hartley and P.J. Bottoms, calling Elon Musk's attempt to will himself to the Earth's core. This is Chet Waterhouse reminding you to play with pain.